the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. All right, folks. Welcome to Yak Radio, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This hour is brought to you by South West Point of Sale. If you have a small business, liquor store, grocery store, and you're looking for cashier help, try going to self-checkout. This is what their expertise is. They'll come to your location, take a look at it, and if it fits uh, you know, their system and your system, boom, you're set up. It's not overly expensive. It's about as much as a cash register would cost. You get 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week uh, backup service through the Southwest Point of Sale technical support team. Check them out, 800-540-2149. Also, San Diego Propane, if you live in East County and you're lucky enough to live in East County and you're not happy with your propane provider and you're just paying through the nose, give Dave a call at San Diego Propane. They do phenomenal work. Family-owned and operated, sdpropane.com, 619-460-1705. And if you happen to have or you're looking for a repair shop, West Escondido Auto and Trans not, has not only one, but four AAA Napa Auto Care ASC certified. Go to westautomotivegroup.com. Check them out. Any work down there guarantees good clear across the continental United States. Jim Owens, uh, he's the Mustang marketing manager. I interviewed him last week. And guess what? Ford turned 58. Take a listen. All right, folks. Guess what? There's a birthday party. Ford Mustang. 58 years. We got Jim Owens. He's the Mustang marketing manager. Man, I tell you, you're going to get to the point where you're not going to have enough room for candles. <laughs> well, having been born the same year as the Mustang um, and probably in desperate need of a full frame off rotisserie restoration, <laughs> I'm running yeah. out of candles on my birthday cake, too. You were born. That's amazing. So yeah, that, so celebrate, a, a, celebrate a birth year. It's always yeah. kind of fun. It's. I'm sorry. Do you have a bird? Do you have a Mustang from back in the day? I don't have the '60s era Mustangs, uh, Dave. I have a couple of uh, Gen Five versions. Um, one from Carol from back when I was working for Carol. It's an oh. 07 GT500KR, right? So we sold them as 08s and 09s. Uh, right. It was one of the test cars and one of the media cars. And we used it for all of the uh, carbon fiber hood testing. Um, and then we used it for the supercharge upgrade. Um, so I put substantial miles, definitely not a garage queen on that one. Um, and then my girlfriend's son... We got him an 06 um, that has about 435 horsepower to the crank, yeah. and he, he's done a lot of work on it himself. He's really into the cars. Um, so he's uh, uh, put on the Brembo calipers up front. He put on my KR exhaust, uh, put on a classic design front splitter, changed uh, the control arms. So we have a little bit of fun with the Mustangs here. 
Well, you got to go look for a Mustang that was built the same year or the same month you were born. You know how much fun that would be? Um, there, yes, and and we talked about it. Um, <laughs> so the the closest I came uh, to that was a '70s era, and uh-huh. I have a, a love of the '71 Mach One, right? The blue with the white stripes, little white interior section of it. Um, I do have a Hot Wheels edition of that one, uh, but at Barrett Jackson one time at an event, um, I came very close to, to owning it and bringing it home with me. <laughs> you know, that's my wife's favorite Mustang out of all of them with that swoop back on it. Yep. It's, See, it's just menacing. I'm not a fan of that model. Don't, I don't bark at me, but that, I just and she just every time she sees it, she says, "We got to get one. We got to get one. We got to get one." I and said, that's well, right the They're out of my budget. Are you kidding? I oh, make the kind of money yeah. you make. Yeah, that they are out of the budget. They went way up um, huh. yeah, in in that time period. But that's kind of the positive thing of Mustang that has helped us yeah. celebrate fifty years, Dave. I mean, you have individual tastes, and the Mustang yeah. from nineteen sixty five model year all the way through today. Has yeah. those, you know, those ones that, you know, hey, this is my favorite. Yeah. You know, even even within the car, like right, like on the 22, maybe you like the Mustang Ice White package, right? Which is like the triple white box body, white wheels, clear yeah. tail lamps, white pony badge. Or maybe you like the Stealth Edition, which is the darker Argent, you know? That's kind of what makes Mustang fun over the, you know, longest continuous running sports car nameplate in the United States. That's what's kind of helped us. Well, I know. I mean, I had the opportunity to drive a, uh, an Eleanor from the movie. Didn't go very far with it, but I got to drive it. Uh, then I then when the the first bullet came out in the green, oh, my God, I wanted that car so bad. Then you put me in a video when I was at the Detroit Auto Show one year, and I still, every time I repost that video, you know, try to park in the lower parking garage. Remember that one? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yes, you I do. Right I mean, it was it was green screen, but I never tell anybody that. I go, oh no, that was the real deal, dude. Let me tell you. And and I tell you, that's out of all the Mustangs. Well, I shouldn't say that because you sent me to uh, Sears Point Raceway, and I got to drive the 350R and a couple other cars. Yep. So yeah, you know, it's. It, I think it would be hard for me to decide which one I would I would buy because I I would have to have more than one. So what are you doing for the birthday this year? Yeah, so this year, yeah, this year for the 58th birthday, and it happens to be on Easter Sunday. Um, So we have, what we're doing is with the clubs across the country and actually across the world, uh, for those who are still gathering for it. So like example at Charlotte at the Mustang Owners Museum, 300 folks are coming down and some members of the uh, engineering and design team are going to be there. Um, we have a car show at Gail Haldeman's place, mm. you know, where he, you know, one of the original Mustang designers. Um, mm. So we've got an event going there, and then Mustang Club of Southeastern Michigan is doing an event, um, and then we have the event on the West Coast as well uh, with the uh, the the Southern California Mustang Club. And um, I'm so sure there's a bunch Shelby of them. America, I'm sure Shelby America in Vegas is having a party too. Yeah, they're doing they're, they're doing all sorts of things, including you know the building of the current Shelby's that they're doing, and and yeah, so it's going to be 
you know, celebrating the, the 58 years, you know, there's, we spent larger on the 50th and, you know, the oh, yeah. 40th and, you know, some of the biggers, you know, it's like anniversaries and birthdays, right? You celebrate the big ones a little bit larger. Uh, but this one, we've just got a, a, a ton of product stuff that really reinforces why Mustang has been, you know, around since 1966 or 65 model year and 64 calendar year. And, you know, why it has clubs on six of the seven continents. Well, and the funny thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you ever broke production with this car, did you? That's correct. And thank God for Corvette for getting a model year. <laughs> right? well, you know, and, and, and well-deserved, well-deserved, because <laughs> that is definitely your your competition was, the, was well, it was a Corvette well, for a little Camaro. Yeah, it was and Corvette. Now Camaro. And Camaro well, broke. Camaro, Camaro yeah, broke Camaro. production. Yeah, and, you know, I can't, you know, don't go out and say this every place, but we used to have a poster up on the ninth floor of the marketing place that had a picture of an empty parking lot and said that this was the 2007 through 2009 Camaro owners group. You're so bad. And it looks like they're going to do it again. It looks like they're going to do it again. It, it, I mean, the, the, obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the sports car segment, and you know, the, the the Challenger and Camaro, which are obviously the other top two that compete for the sales crown. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things going on in that in that marketplace. But you guys, I know, I know you guys because you know the Ford family is is true to the Mustang. I don't see them allowing any marketing guy or any bean counter telling them we can't do this anymore. I I just, it's just, I can't even imagine it. So it's just, are you going to do, I know it's 58, 60, you'll probably do something special, but are you going to do any limited production birthday edition? Well, you know, we don't talk about future product, Dave, Um, but I would not now. It's your birthday, the 58. (laughs) well, well the 58, about, I know better. Yeah, the 58th, no. So the 58th year, um, the we, we've got five new packages that are extremely, okay. extremely cool. One of them is the GT500 Heritage Edition, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but, you know, Carol and his merry band of hot rodders back in 67 when we unveiled the GT500 used the Brittany Blue with Wimbledon white stripes as one of the, you know, lead cars. Like, it was the one in the museum that Carol's Place has um, that's front and center of the GT500. So we worked with the design team, and we came up with a color that, you know, because paints in the 60s obviously can't do the same type of materials that, you know, today that you could do then. Um, So we came up with the Brittany Blue and Wimbledon white, and it is almost, I mean, it is what, Brittany blue would be today and it has the painted stripes over the top with the painted gt500 embedded into the painted stripe and it is yeah it's 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 pretty cool and if you think you know like steve davis from barrett jackson you know his original gt350 was Brittany blue uh, and spent a lot of time around that so there's a collector's interest in it and and that one will begin production here. You know, we don't produce them here in the winter because of the tire compound. Uh, it's a little too cold in, in southeastern Michigan. Uh, but those should be out in the dealerships really soon. We're really excited about that. Wow. So if anybody wants to know anything more about 
what's going on as far as this year's birthday year because you do celebrate it for the full year. Uh, Ford, Ford.com, Ford Mustang, Mustang.com or Ford.com backslash yeah. Mustang. Yeah, on Ford.com, um, there's a Mustang tab. You know, we have okay. the horse up on top on that. Um, right. You can also go to the FordPerformance.com. Um, we do have a complete enthusiast page there and um, a new Mustang registry. So, like, if you think of what, um, you know, like the old SAC team did, right, the the Bible, if you will, for the collector cars, um, you know, the SAC registry, we're doing it actually online now. So customers can come in, put in their images, what they've done to their vehicles, and we'll track the vehicle through its life. Right. Um, so you can always go to Ford dot, FordPerformance.com and click on the Enthusiast tabs and find our registry. All right, buddy. Well, man, it is always a joy talking to you, uh, and I look forward to uh, – God, and you, and you have the same birthday of Mustang, and you work for Ford. How unique is that? It's it's uh, I've been blessed to have been working around a successful team of passionate men and women for the last twenty years, and hope to do it for the next twenty. Well, Mister Ford should give you a Mustang every year for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put in a word yeah. for you next time I chat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, Dave. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. You take care, and I hope to see you down the road soon. All right, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. This is brought to you by South Bay Auto House, located at 310 Trousdale Drive in Chula Vista, independent San Diego Mercedes-Benz specialist, celebrating over 25 years. All the technicians are highly trained, and if you're looking for an alternative to the dealer, this could be the place for you. Maybe you're thinking about selling your car. Give them a first crack at it. Maybe you uh, just need body, not body work, but mechanical work, service, alternative to the dealer. Southwest has been, or South Bay has been doing this for 25 years. Uh, they could be your Mercedes-Benz solution. Just, you know, check them out. You can follow them on uh, social media. You can uh, go to their website, autohousesouthbay.com. Find out everything you need to know. Bumper Doc Santee, scratches, dings, and dents, 8711 Magnolia in Santee. I have a older van. They fixed some rust on the roof. Man, it looks fantastic. Go to SanteeBumperDoc.com. Hey, Ted Ryan from the Heritage Ford Heritage Department is chatting with me about the Lincoln Continental Mark II. You'll have to look it up. Elvis bought one. And wait till you hear what they did at the New York Auto Show. Take a listen. All right, folks. Have I got a great interview for you today? I've got Ted Ryan, Heritage and Brand Manager for Ford, on the line. But we've got an even better special guest. we got Angie from Graceland. Why? Because we're talking about the King's Lincoln. Let's start off first off with Ted. So the question I have as I was reading the press event, I guess Elvis had a Lincoln. It was just autographed like crazy by the general public, and he traded it in on a Mark II. Whatever happened to that Lincoln with all the autographs? I'm going to let Angie tell you this story because that's one of her unicorn cars. Take it away, Angie. Yeah, so Elvis was driving a Lincoln Premier um, while he was touring Florida in 1956. 
So he ends up in Miami the night before a show, and that night the fans decided to leave Elvis messages on his car, everything from phone numbers to song lyrics to names to hearts. So Elvis wakes up the next day, goes out to his car, totally graffitied, and he goes to the closest Lincoln dealership, trades it in, and uses the proceeds from that tour to buy the 56 Mark II that he then drove the rest of that tour, drove it back to Memphis, and it was his kind of go-to car for the next couple of years. Wow, but wouldn't it be cool if you had the one he traded in? No, I know. That's my unicorn, as Ted was saying. Um, It used to be on display at the showroom in Miami until that dealership closed, and no one's been able to track it down. So if anyone out there knows where it is, call me at Graceland, because I would love to have that on display. Well, you know it's in somebody's private collection that was an Elvis fan. So, Ted, I was reading uh, some things about this car I mean, we're talking quite a few years back. I mean, the thing, what, retailed for over $9,000? But what were some of the unique things about the Mark II? Well, first off, the most important thing about the Mark II was it reintroduced the uh, Continental nameplate. Uh, The Continental nameplate had gone away in 1948, and it was brought back in 1952 by William Clay Ford. And he was trying to make the finest American automobile in history, and he did. Uh, the car was basically assembled, taken apart, painted, and then reassembled. It could take up to a thousand different uh, samples of the leather before they found leather worthy of the interior. Uh, the car did retail for more than $9,000, making it the most expensive American car uh, at the time. It was uh, premiered in October of 1955 at the Paris Auto Show and reestablished the Continental nameplate as one of the finest in America. Uh, not only did Elvis own it, but Sinatra owned one. Liz Taylor had one painted to color of her eyes. If you were anybody in Hollywood or any celebrity worth your salt, you wanted a Mark II because it, it gave you a sense of style and distinction and, and set you apart from the rabble who were just driving regular old Lincolns. I remind you of the Heritage Ford GT. The, the, the which, I'm sorry? The Heritage, you know, the blue and the gold. I mean, when you guys first came out with the GT in 2005, it kind of... Oh, yes, yes, yes. But we actually Mark- have... <laughs> we have two Mark IIs on display in New York. Uh, Dave, we've got uh, Elvis's Continental Mark II, and then we have the Holman and Moody number 5 car from 66 Lama. We've got the GT40 Mark II on display over in the Ford area, so uh, I'm chock full of Mark IIs in New York. <laughs> got to be in, 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 in just candy history, boy, I'm telling you. So let's talk a little bit about Graceland. For folks that have never been, Angie, what, what, would, they, what would they see if they, if they come to, to that museum? You know, the best thing about Graceland is you're actually being invited into Elvis's world. I mean, the mansion, when you walk through that front door, you're walking through the same front door that Elvis first did when he bought the house in 57, that he brought Lisa home from the hospital in in 68, and that he greeted friends and family all of those years. But not only that, are you able to experience how Elvis lived, but you're able to experience how he loved Memphis, he loved the city, and you can see not only the house, but there's jumpsuits and gold records, and we have an amazing car museum called Presley Motors, where we feature over 20 of Elvis's vehicles, motorcycles, bikes, including three Lincolns. 
Um, so, yeah, so there's so much to see and do. Oh, yeah, and Elvis's private jet, the Lisa Marie, it sits right there on the, dry, on the, on the highway. So can't miss that. Well, you'll have to go to Google and put my name in and click on my videos, and you'll see a couple of Elvis shirts that I wear when I do motorcycle events here in San Diego. And they're super That's rare. I've never been able to find them anywhere else. I have two of them. He's riding a Triumph, uh, and they are the coolest shirts on the planet. So I'm a big El I mean, I'm old, too. So I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. Uh, how many how many days a week are you open? We're open seven days a week, and you can find all the information about visiting Graceland and staying at the guest house and seeing Elvis's bikes in person at Graceland.com. All right. So I bet you Ted's just got you working your tail off. I bet you're answering a billion questions at the display. I am, but I love it because this is so something that Elvis would think would be ultra cool is to not only be here in New York at the auto show, but to be tied with such a classic luxury brand as Lincoln. This would be Elvis's ultimate playground. Oh, absolutely. And he was such a down-to-earth person. I know I never had an opportunity to meet him, but you know everything I've read and everything I have seen – you know, he was just kind of like you and I, but he just happened to have a talent like nobody else's. Exactly. And a matter of fact, when it came to cars, Elvis would prefer to be the chauffeur instead of being chauffeured yeah. around. So nine times out of ten, Elvis would have driven you wherever you wanted to go and then some. And he was really, really big on giving. I mean, he'd either give cars to people, motorcycles to people, and charities like nobody's business. And it seems the family is still carrying on that legend. It really is. I mean, Elvis, when he first was able to buy a car, it meant to him that he had made it. And so him being able to give people cars and seeing the look on their faces when he would hand them keys to their own brand-new car was something that he treasured. And being able to do charity work, that, and we continue to do charity work in his name today for causes that he supported, is something that's really important not only to Elvis's legacy but to the estate as well. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I this is one auto show I, I really am really bummed out I, I'm missing right now. But uh, uh, Graceland is on my bucket list, and I'll let you know when I when I can make a, a, a trip out. I would absolutely love love to see it. So, Ted, uh, in the in that uh, display with Elvis's Lincoln, what else have you got there to, to for the fans? that are listening to the show back in New York that are going to be able to come to the auto show and make it a must-see? Well, we have the, the Lincoln, the, the, the vehicles that you would expect, the Aviator, the Corsair, the Navigator. We have uh, Elvis's Continental March II. We've got a nice little display case, too, that has the canceled check and has the white shoes that he's wearing in one of the photos. And uh, uh, But the re reason we did all this and why it was important is it's the 100th anniversary of when Ford purchased Lincoln. So it was our Easter egg to, to throw a bone to the heritage and understand the grace and beauty and style of the Lincoln brand uh, via Elvis Presley and his beautiful Continental Mark II. Plus, Angie and I have been arguing all day about who has the best job. I think I do, but she keeps saying she does. And I think Elvis would agree Ted does. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so, Angie. I think you got a pretty good gig on your hands. I mean, you could sit in Elvis's chair 
if you want to spend the night in the mansion, you can sleep in his bed. I think you've got the better. <laughs> you don't know anything about Archive State. So <laughs> we, we don't do that. We don't do those things. But I get where you're coming from. And, yeah, being at Graceland is really cool. But being able to represent Elvis as well as the Lincoln brand in this way is an amazing opportunity for both Graceland as well as Lincoln. Well, I was got to be polite because I mean Ted, he's had he had all, uh, Steve McQueen's Mustang. He's now he's touched. He's t- he probably does have the better of the job because he gets <laughs> he, he is just flowing through history without having to live it. Well, you need to have Angie back on to talk about some of the other vehicles in their collection because they uh, I visited Graceland last year, which is what gave me the idea. I almost immediately reached out to Angie and said, I, I've got to have this car. Uh, to, as part of our story, because it's an amazing museum, and the car collection is just staggering. Well, I'll tell you what, Angie, I will donate one hour of radio here in San Diego, and I'm the only, I'm the longest-running uh, automotive show in San Diego. I am more than happy to do it. Ted, if you want to join in, you can. We'll do a midweek so it doesn't t- tie up your Sundays. Just have John Delmonique send me the contact info on on Angie, and we'll set that up. And let's do it for sure within the year because, you know, Lincoln only turns 100 once. That's for sure. And also this year, Graceland is celebrating many milestones, including the 40th anniversary of opening for tours, as well as the 45th anniversary of Elvis' passing. So there's a lot of things happening in Memphis. And I'll make sure that I'll be sitting right in the middle of the car museum when we do our call. (laughs) All right. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm a big museum uh, supporter. We do an hour just on our San Diego Automotive Museum. I even do an hour on our Air and Space Museum. Because museums are the most important heritage we have left, and, it's, and I really look up to the to the docents, the volunteers, and I got a feeling you could join uh, uh, Graceland Museum if you uh, so so chose, right? Uh, Graceland is very much a for-profit organization, so all of our employees um, we don't have volunteers. Um, oh. But yeah, but yeah, Graceland definitely is available and open for tours seven days a week with all of our information at Graceland.com. All right, Ted, reach out to John. Let's put this together. We'll do, Dave. It's great to talk to you, and thanks for uh, shifting the day uh, for me. For you, anything, my friend. Take care. All right, folks. Welcome back to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl, FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by San Diego Gear and Axle. If you have anything with your two-wheel, four-wheel, or all-wheel drive system, Steve is the guy. Go to sdgearaxle.com, sdgearaxle.com. They're at 1488 Pioneer Way in El Cajon. All right. Hey, one more interview with Trisha Morrow. She is with General Motors, and she wants to discuss distractive driving, which is a major problem here in the U.S. Take a listen. Well, folks, you know, I think one of the number one problems we're having on the road today is distractive driving. And, you know, it's one of those, geez, I wish I hadn't have done it, or geez, I wish I shouldn't have never picked up my phone. Well, Tricia Morrow, GM safety engineer, is on the line, and she's going to give you a few ideas that General Motors is working on to help you with that. Good morning, Tricia. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. How about yourself? Doing just wonderful. 
So tell us about what are you guys doing at uh, GM? Well, so April is Distracted Driving Awareness Month, and at General Motors, we 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 all know that using your cell phone while driving is a distraction that can absolutely cause crashes, injuries, and fatalities. But during this month, we really are working to bring attention to the fact that it's not just your cell phone. It's not just eating in your vehicle or reaching for an object, that there's lots of different distractions in the vehicle, including emotional stress that can play a factor in causing crashes and injuries out on our roadways. Well, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you and I have both seen it. People putting makeup on, guys shaving, uh, you know, looking at a map, even though we have navigation. I mean, and, and I don't know what it is. Do you think it's the vehicle has lulled the driver into such a comfort zone that they just don't pay any attention and it's like as if the vehicle is going to drive itself? Well, you know, there's so many things that we're confronted with today that, you know, in years past have not been part of our everyday lives. You know, and we talk about, and you, you, you know, articulated all these different things that people are doing in the vehicles. And Virginia Tech Transportation uh, Institute, you know, did find that 68% of crashes involved a secondary task, such as the ones that you mentioned. You know, and they also have found that, you know, they're also the, the researchers that found that if you're texting and driving, you're six times more likely to get into a crash. But what was interesting is they also found that if the driver's in an elevated emotional state, that they're 9.8, almost 10 times more likely to get into a crash, which is a really interesting statistic, especially since we've seen, you know, the fatality rate climb during the, during the pandemic. Isn't that the truth? It's like when we were dead in the middle of the pandemic, not a lot of people were on the road. It's like everybody said, okay, I can go 20 miles an hour faster. Where did that rule come in? And then they still do their distractive, you know, tasks, if you would like to call it that, in the vehicle. No, you're, you're, you're so right on. And, and there's nothing worse than, geez, I wish I didn't have that happen. And you could lose a loved one. You could injure yourself. You could injure somebody else. I mean, it's it's really terrible when you think about it. For sure. And, you know, during the pandemic, we not only saw, you know, um, speeds increase, but we saw, you know, the use of alcohol while they're driving increase. Seatbelt use was, went down, and we know how important seatbelt use is. It's the number one thing you can do to protect yourself in a crash is to buckle your seatbelt. You know, and so at General Motors, we really wanted to see what people out there, what folks were thinking about and feeling post-pandemic. So we worked with McCann World Group, um, their Truth Central Global Intelligence Unit, and conducted a future of safety study where we had almost 3,000 respondents, um, you know, tell us how they feel about driving post-pandemic. And we had some really interesting findings, including that 40% of people feel more anxious now than they did before the pandemic. You know, really pulling into the fact that majority of the people were saying that emo their emotional state was impacting their driving. Wow, now there's something you wouldn't probably normally think about. That's amazing. But I can understand it totally uh, because that pandemic, I think, has done more damage than we really realize. I think we're going to find out more as we dig into it whether it be adults, children, driving habits, 
purchasing habits. I mean, no, I think you're right on the money. That's amazing. Yeah, we also found that respondents, 54% of respondents said that they had cited a time when they were crying in their vehicle, and a third had had to pull over because they were too emotional to drive. When we look at, you know, the younger generation and, you know, as a mother of a teen driver, you know, I'm very concerned about my, my children and my daughter out on the road. You know, this has disproportionately affect kids where, you know, 65% of kids or the majority of kids have said that they have, you know, driven angry. And it's just really important to note, you know, going back to that VTTI, that Virginia Tech statistic, that you can almost be 10 times more likely to get into a crash if the driver's in an elevated state. So this um, this impact of our emotions on driving really needs to be something we're talking about, which it's so important during Distracted Driving Awareness Month, just to bring it up as, you know, this is a distraction we also need to be cognizant about as, lo- as well as our phones and eating and all the other distractions that we typically talk about. Well, I'm older than dirt. So, you know, self-driving has never been anything I'm interested in. But just those topics you just brought up, it makes probably the best reason to have self-driving. Because really, we almost need to take the steering wheel away from the everyday driver. We don't get the proper training when we're kids and we're just starting to drive. The vehicles go way faster than they need to go. Uh, There's so many other things that get in the way. I mean, you kind of, I mean, does that make sense to you? Well, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, our autonomous future. And, you know, General Motors has a very um, lofty zero crash vision. And, you know, I'm excited about our zero crash goal. And I see, um, you know, active safety features, you know, being a key component to help reduce crashes and fatalities on the road to autonomous driving you know, we ran a study with the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute, UMSTRI, um, and found that our active safety features are proven to be effective. For example, automatic emergency braking with forward collision alert was shown to re- that, you know, 41% of the crashes are are reduced or, you know, have been mitigated with this feature and even more injuries that are resulting from it, you know, really showing that this features, these features that we have are that have, you know, slowly taken control from the driver or assisted the driver in avoiding collisions, they're really working. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of our active safety technology and all the benefits that our autonomous future might bring. I, I totally agree with you 100% because, you know, let's, I mean, it is so, so important. You know, and one other thing that you have, and, and this is today, and I think it's one of the best-kept secrets but one of the best uh, features in a GM product is that child report card that you could set the vehicle up to, you know, limit the speed. You know where the kids are going, that you get the kids back home. You download the report. You can have a positive uh, discussion on, hey, you did really well. You got good gas mileage. You stayed within the limit. You know, and I don't think that gets enough publicity. Don't you kind of agree? Absolutely. You know, it's the teen driver report card is something that we make use of often in our household. You know, I mentioned I have a teen driver. My daughter is 17 and, and out on the road. We have teen driver active in her vehicle. And with that feature active or that system active, 
all of the active safety features in her vehicle are defaulted on. She gets a speed limit alert every time she hits 40 miles an hour. So on those um, other vehicle streets or the streets by our home, um, the speed limit's 35. So if she hits 40, um, you know, definitely wants to know that she's she's gone over the speed limit. But right. she's actually articulated that that's actually helped her. You know, the following distance indicator has helped her learn what the proper distance from the vehicle in front of her is. You know, lane departure warning with lane keep assist has helped her learn how to stay and how to center herself in those lanes. And, you know, maybe the speed limits helped her not really have the lead foot that she she admits to having from time to time. The only the only alternative, I would say, go to Spring Mountain, drive a Corvette with Ron Fellows, and that'll teach you, you know, what speed is for the track and normal driving is for everyday driving. Now, I totally, I totally get it. You know, thank you very much for for taking time out of your day. And you know, GM is, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are truly the leader in in, in safety within the vehicle. Uh, you're going after, I think, the right target, and that's the driver. And I applaud you for that. And and Tricia, I can't wait to talk to you down the road because I got a sneaky feeling you got some more things up your sleeve. We always have something up our sleeve, that's for sure. And I would encourage all of the listeners to visit GM.com for under the vehicle safety session for more information about the future of safety report, um, and also to visit TikTok where we have a new Scream It Out challenge where we're using influencers to just spread a really simple message that driving while stressed can be distracted. And they are encouraging fellow TikTokers to duet them and to scream it out before the drive so that to alleviate stress and encourage safe driving. Isn't that the truth? I don't know. To me, driving is is relaxing to me. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. All right. Thank you very, very much. And seriously, I want to hear some more from you down the road. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Yak Radio with Dave Stahl. FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by John's Automotive Import Repair at 7447 University Avenue in La Mesa. If you go to John's San Diego Auto Repair.com, he has two locations and uh, really, really does a phenomenal job. AAA, Napa Auto Care, ASC certified. John and his team will take care of your vehicles as if they were your own. Any work done by John and his team is guaranteed clear across the continental United States for three years, 36,000 miles. Get on his mailing list or just go to his website, johnsandiegoautorepair.com. You can sign up for specials and coupons and things like that. All right. Well, it's been an interesting week, and I just want to chat with you folks out there a little bit. Anybody or everybody that's thinking about uh, buying a new or used car, if there's any way you can hold off, that's my advice. Uh, I have dealers that I work with. I don't take any commissions. I don't take any spiffs or anything. If I send you there to buy a car, I tell them that any discounts or any money they're going to throw at me, take it off the car. Well, those days right now are gone. There are no discounts. The inventory is so low that the dealers are marking up the inventory they have. You will find a few that are not doing that, but the majority of them are. And I'm talking serious money. And they are not budging. 
They don't have to budge. They can charge whatever they want. There's nothing in their dealer agreement that says that they can't mark up a car. It's just uh, their choice. So if you are looking for a new car, some of the dealers, and I would look, I would call them up. I wouldn't talk to a salesman. I would talk to the sales manager, get his name and say, look, if I order a car online and the dealer, the manufacturer ships it to your dealer, will you mark up this car? And if he says or she says yes, say, okay, thanks, and then hang up. And if they say no, just make sure you have their name and uh, you time, date it, whatever you have to do to keep keep that record. Uh, and then I would order the vehicle online. It's going to take you four to six weeks, maybe even longer to get that vehicle. Uh, some cases, it's even longer. We are having such a problem with parts, pieces, supply. You know, there's still tons of sea uh, vans sitting out on ships. I think I, last I heard 50 to 60 ships sitting off the port, and they're all full of parts and pieces. Uh, the chips are still a major issue. We're talking about building a plant somewhere in Kansas, I think, or in the Midwest. That's two and a half years, three years out. So don't expect to get any deals. Used cars, same thing. Now, the good news is, let's say you have an extra car in the family. Uh, maybe you just you know ended up with one. Maybe a family member moved out or, heaven forbid, somebody passed away and left a decent car, say, 2015 on up. That thing is worth a fortune. I'm telling you, it's just crazy what the dealers will give you for a trade-in, as long as you got the paperwork and it's clear to go. So in that respect, you're fine. But if you take your car, trade it in, you're, and that's your car and that's your daily driver, you're going to have a problem. Uh, a friend of mine's having a, a warranty issue with her with their car, and their service contract covers a uh, a rental car or a loaner car dealers don't have loaner cars dealers actually sold all their loaner cars as new cars so you're not going to get i mean so they're not even doing the loaner car program if it's an extended service contract then there's a good chance you know you'll get a rental car but it's 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 a tough time right now and it's affecting everybody so when it comes time to uh, replace your car or you just want to upgrade, this is not the time to do it. And I'm serious. It's not the time to do it because there are no, there's just no deals out there right now. I had a friend of mine, he wanted to buy a truck and the dealer put $10,000 on top of it and they wouldn't budge. Uh, I called a couple of my, my buddies and they said, Dave, just don't bother. Just don't bother," he says, "because we're, you know, we're marking them up, and that's the only way we can make the difference of not selling cars. If they're selling two, three hundred cars a month, then there's no write-up, there's no markup. But if they're only selling five, six cars a month, then they got to make it up someplace. They can't make it up in service because you know service is service, uh, and the service departments, believe it or not, are even backlogged." Uh, like I said, parts are all backlogged. Uh, I think this one particular part a friend of mine's waiting for. We're talking a solid month. We're just waiting for the part. 
this dealer had 30 cars on their lot waiting for that particular part. It's a recall part. It's just a mess out there right now. So I just wanted to kind of give you all a heads up that if you could hang on to whatever it is you're driving uh, until such time as the market changes, we start building more cars, we start getting more cars, you know, out in the dealers, you know, but like I said, right now, it's truly not the time. Private party, they haven't really quite caught on to it yet that I've seen. They're not, you know, taking advantage of the situation and marking up their cars. So you might be able to find something there. But even there, if you do decide to do that, I highly recommend you take it to your your shop that you do your service. Uh, or if you can get an appointment with a dealer to do a pre-inspection, because you just you know you don't want to end up with a vehicle with a whole lot of problems. Also, the seller's responsibility is to smog that vehicle, so you need to uh, make sure that that particular vehicle is going to smog. And that's like I said, that's the responsibility of the seller. So make sure you uh, do that as well before you you know pay for it. Write them a check, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's it's just a it's just a crazy time right now, you know. So if you have to do some work on yours to keep it running, well, do some work on yours to keep it running. You know, water pump. You know, not necessarily. Well, you can even do an engine because eventually that thing is going to be worth some money, and you know you'll be in pretty good shape once uh, you get it back on the road. Uh, used car prices are going to probably come down. I I say probably because I'm not I'm just not a hundred percent sure that that's even going to be the case. I mean nobody's really talking about the auto industry. It's just a lot of people are experiencing a lot of situations that are just not good, you know. And it's it's unfortunate, but it, it it's kind of is what it what it is. So, just tip for the day: um, if you're looking for a car. You know, and it's a popular one. There's a good chance you're gonna. And if you want, if you just have to pull the trigger, I will tell you a story. A friend of mine, he he ordered. No, I didn't. Well, he quasi ordered it. Went to the dealer in January, put five hundred dollars down. The guy gave him a price. The vehicle showed up seven weeks later, and the dealer put six thousand dollars on the price. And the guy says, No, 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 no. That's not what we agreed on. The salesman said, no, boss, that's what we agreed on this price. But the sales manager said, nope, this is how it came in. The dealers, the manufacturer marked it up 6000 uh, I got into it. Turns out they didn't. They marked it up 2000 So I'm just saying it's a little bit, it's a little bit hairy out there right now. So. All right, we're going to take a break here in a few minutes. When we come back, I've got another vehicle that I'm driving that I'd like to talk to you about. I think you'll be kind of impressed. It's the 2022 Mazda 3, kind of a little Ricky Racer, turbocharged, all-wheel drives, really a fun little car. And then I'm going to tell you about a new dealer in town that uh, you'll you'll get a kick out of the name of the dealer because it's something you say just about every day. So stay tuned. You're listening to Yak Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.